It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I told you this before. I'm going to tell you again. I don't play the odds. I play the man. Well, let me tell you one thing. What? Lewis bugged your office. He heard our whole conversation about Tanner's lawsuit, and then he ran and he told Hardman. You just saying that to make me mad so I can focus? Wanted it. I goddamn orchestrated it. CM pays what they should have in the first place. And a suit against him. You're not the only one who can play the man. Suit season two, episode six is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about all in, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino back here with the guy who would never tell you to injunct this. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Um, it's pronounced injunct these, Rob. <laughs> injunct these. <laughs> injunct these, yes. Yes. I'm good. You just got lit up. You got lit DF up, you know. Uh, Rob, I'm good. I'm happy and I'm excited. This is a fun episode we're about to talk about. Yes. Okay. I'm back here with my wingman here to talk about. Mm -hmm. I thought this was a very fun episode that we just watched uh, where Mike and Harvey go to Atlantic City and debate the merits of a contract napkin. Meanwhile, uh, there is another more unusual pairing as uh, Rachel and Lewis go to the ballet and uh, deal with uh, some of the issues that the ballet is having with their practice facility. Chappelle, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm very excited because this episode made me realize that you and I have never been to Atlantic City. We need to do that. No, I was there recently and I had a lot of fun, mm -hmm. uh, but I think that we maybe we might have more fun in Vegas because what I found in Atlantic City is that most of the things in Atlantic City don't stay open too late. And I like to be out late. I yes. know you're, that's not really your bag, though, anymore. I think you're retired from the out late life. It's not my bag. But, you know, I like to have the options to, you know, get some food at like 11 o'clock at night if we're in a casino or something like that. But uh, we can work that out. Also, we found out that Jessica is a bit of a prankster. Yeah, no, that was great. That was great. I love when they give us more personality and more information about Jessica Pearson. We don't get enough content from her. She mo mostly shows up to be the heavy and to kind of yell at Harvey and keep him, on, him in line. But to see Jessica kind of the the person who needs to be scolded a little bit mm -hmm. because she's been having some wacky hijinks that actually were a little less wacky than you would think. You know, they turned out to be that she was a little bit of a... Uh, opportunist in the past. And so mm -hmm. I think that's also going to be a pattern in her in her um her character moving forward as well. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on. And so, you know, we had such a heavy episode in episode number 5 where Donna ends up getting fired. And so 
While Donna does not show up on screen in this episode, that whole saga is still very much hanging over Harvey. He has this client that he needs to go down to Atlantic City to uh, go and help out. Jessica accuses him of, you know, going down there to blow off some steam, basically saying that he's uh, basically on tilt throughout this episode. Mike also thinks that, okay, he's just trying to get his mind off it. And I think that that's probably the case. It's a little part of the case. We know Harvey likes to gamble. We saw that in what the first episode, I want to say, when we are introduced to him, yeah. he's uh, gambling some big money away. Yep. Yeah. So we know that that's something that he does like to do, but we do see that he has a client that needs his help and that he needs to go and stop from gambling his life away and his, um, company as well yeah in the first episode i believe he has pocket aces and then ultimately wins a hand that way but then in this episode and i feel like that most of the time harvey actually has a horrible hand and then just bluffs that he has a good hand that's his thing he doesn't want to go to trial he doesn't want to play the hand he wants to get you to get rid of your hand before he has to use the hand that he has that's the whole harvey mantra it's his whole thing yeah okay so Harvey, he's trying to contact Donna in the beginning of the episode. She's not answering, right? And so he ends up going to Mike's house. Mike is watching different strokes. Yeah, this is this is right up my alley, man. Uh, you know, oh, I want to stop down though. Before we get into this different strokes reference, I actually looked up the Ronan reference from the last episode. Yes, you know, where you got ambushed with the coffee. Uh, it's not the same. It's not the same. It feels like they just threw that reference in there so they could say ambush with a cup of coffee because it had nothing to do with accidentally spilling a cup of coffee on somebody's uh on somebody's paperwork and making them, you know, have to redraft it or as a diversion. Mm -hmm. John Penn literally got beat up by Robert De Niro with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Okay. So uh -huh. I think they maybe just Googled a coffee reference. And so I don't know uh, what would be a better spill. They wanted to say it. Uh, yeah, better spill. Bing, you know, uh, but uh, I think they just wanted to say the words. Here we see that Mike is watching Different Strokes. And Mike has great television taste. I swear. I used to love Different Strokes, mm -hmm. um, you know, but Harvey has no time to get into the whole movie reference of it all because he really needs Mike to put on a tuxedo and head to Atlantic City with him. Yeah. Is Mike uh, sort of like an adopted son to Harvey? Is uh, Harvey Ooh. basically like a Mr. D to Mike's uh, Arnold Drummond? Why you gotta be? Yeah, I think he's what like you talking Willis. about, Lewis? Yeah, yeah, he's a Willis. Yeah, he's a Willis. I don't know who who Mike's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see him being a Willis. He did adopt him. Willis had some a special set of skills. You mm -hmm. know, I don't. It wasn't anything like Mike's skills, but he existed. I, okay, we can go with that. He just needs a black brother. We need Mike to find. Where is uh Trevor? Go get him again. He can be uh Arnold. Okay. Who's the Gooch? This is the Gooch. I think Trevor's the Gooch. No, you never get to see the Gooch on on screen. He's Norma. like Norma. Norma's yeah. the Gooch. Yeah. Oh, my God. It came full circle. Okay. All right. So they go down to Atlantic City, and uh, we end up meeting this guy who is, uh, he runs, like, some sort of, like, energy conference. He was doing, like, a TED Talk uh, down here, and ultimately that he is a guy who should not be drinking and should not be gambling. Yes, he's a compulsive gambler, and we show up to see Mike and Harvey arrive just in time to watch him uh, lose what over three million dollars in a poker game. Oof. And uh, it was it was bad because the guy had a good hand, but sometimes you know you, 
life just don't life when you need it to uh, in the uh, in the poker table. You know, it's nothing he could do. You know, he he, he got his ass whooped, but it was a good hand to stay mm-hmm. on. Um, problem here is with so much money, he put up three million dollars and his company as collateral, and so he made this deal on a cocktail napkin, Rob. Yeah. And so he made this deal with a guy named Thomas Walsh, who ends up being a guy who I guess that he invests in a lot of companies or he takes over distressed assets and then works on turning them around. He happened to be there. So we have where Keith Hoyt is in some uh, deep trouble. Uh, He says to Harvey, hey, you owe me. We never find out in this entire episode, correct, that what Harvey, uh, uh, and, and how Keith owes Harvey, right? Right. We don't figure this out. We do know Harvey likes to gamble, so we can assume maybe it has something to do with that. Um, but this really bothers Mike because Mike says yeah. Harvey always has people who owe him stuff. And this is one of the first time we've seen it the other way around. Yeah. So they kind of like hang a lampshade on it. We never find out the answer. I don't know if we'll find out in a future episode about it, but okay, this contract on a napkin gets called into a into question. Uh, like how legal is a contract on a napkin? There's a cool scene that's like intercutting between Mike explaining to Keith and then also the uh, where Harvey is talking to uh, Thomas about like uh, how the three things that a contract on a napkin would need to be a legally binding document. Have you ever drawn up any sort of a contract or a bet on a napkin? Rob, not that I could tell you about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime that it's happened, it's definitely a top secret thing that we definitely cannot discuss here on the air, but it happens sometimes. Yeah. Do you ever... Uh, get any other information on napkins? Is that still a thing? There is data that is expressed through napkins every now and then. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be discreet about these dealings, Rob. I really feel like you're prying at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that we should give the listener something. No? Yeah. Okay. I can give them a little something. something. Every now and then, you know, maybe at a restaurant or something like that, uh, you know, maybe I, I double parked my car and I need to move it. And so someone gave me the information like, hey, move your car on a napkin. You know, are you the driver of, you know, this huge tr- pickup truck that's you blocking us in? You know, that's just something that they tell you on a napkin sometimes. OK, so yeah, Harvey is trying to ultimately get out of this napkin contract. It turns out that the company that Keith has is worth 30 million dollars. Harvey's willing to give to make this napkin go away. Right. These people are just like loaded. I I mean, I mean, obviously this isn't Harvey's money, but the idea that you could just throw somebody, okay, like, look, take this amount and then leave us alone. And it's supposed to work all the time. It's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie, Rob. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they need to get to work on trying to get this uh, napkin contract uh, to be negated. Okay, so uh, we're going to start to like go, go to work on this, and Mike is going to be trying to prove that the person that signed the contract, Keith, was very, very drunk. Uh, Fifteen drinks uh, he was served in uh, one night. Chappelle. Uh, is that a is that a lot? It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, I I don't know what to tell this man. Like he had sixteen and eleven hours 
He's they said he was a 180 pound man, and so that's a, a blood alcohol level of like 0.16, double the legal limit. Uh, and so it makes a lot of sense for you to say that okay, this is not Keith in his right mind doing this. You know, this is a very drunk man making very drunk decisions, and it feels predatory to make him sign a contract like this. He was clearly impaired. Yeah. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Harvey is trying to get into the uh, representing this case in court and has to go to some pre-trial stuff to try to get the uh, get the company to remain in Keith's hands. That they talk about if it's nine tenths of the law is possession. So as long as they don't pass the company off to Tommy, it's going to be easier to defend this case. But the judge is not seeing things hard. Harvey's way. Right. So, you know, obviously Keith didn't make any of these decisions while sober, but Harvey came to make that deal and he was sober. So that that demonstrated that, you know, he was perfectly happy with the terms of the contract. He just needed to come and, uh, and basically pay him off. Right. And so because of that, the judge is like, well, you know, those were settlement talks and, you know, that, that doesn't like that doesn't um, kind of like, I guess it doesn't exclude you from, you know, the contract, basically, because he's asking the judge to say, OK, well, let's just dismiss the contract without a trial. But the judge is like, no, actually, let's let's go to trial. Let's do it. And mm -hmm. so they're going to actually take this uh, this company from him and say, if you're that much of a drunk, you shouldn't even be in control of it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Harvey is trying to prove that, okay, this guy Thomas doesn't know anything about this company. He's like showing him like the kind of equipment that they would be needing to use. Like, uh, you don't even know anything about these companies. Um, Tommy says, I don't need to know anything about it. And ultimately, uh, it's not looking good for Harvey winning this case. Well, to Tommy's big point is that he... Um he pays people, right? Like he doesn't know yeah. anything about the companies that he runs, but he pays the experts to do the uh, the legwork, right? Like I, I can figure out the money issue. I just bring in the smarter people than me to handle everything. And so Harvey's argument isn't going over well because as long as this man can keep the company up and running, then it doesn't really matter that he doesn't know anything about engineering or electric, you know, electricity. All he has to do is make sure that somebody th that is in charge does. Mm -hmm. So... Harvey is kind of backed into a corner. Uh, they do kind of a classic Harvey thing of that they're going to find a way to destroy Keith's company to make sure that uh, it is worth nothing if Tommy takes it over. Yeah, isn't that so typical of this show, though? Like you said, it's a, it's a classic move. It's, it's The it's crown the jewel move. defense, yeah. Yeah, like we're always like, okay, if they want the company, let's just give them the company and then sell, you know, or sell it or whatever. And then, mm -hmm. you know, we can buy it again and all this other stuff. Like basically we take the thing that you want and then we flip it to where you you, you can have it, but it's not what you thought you were mm -hmm. going to get. Yeah. Um, and but so my wife's yeah, trying to divorce me and take the vacation house. So we'll trash it and then she can we'll have it. It'll be <laughs> trashed. Yeah, something like that. And so, uh, yeah, this is mm -hmm. when the the metaphor comes up again, you know, about the bullet being pointed to their, to their head. You know, Harvey's always like, there's 146 things to do. Mike says, well, what if you just open your jacket and show them you got a bomb strapped to your chest? And this is the bomb. Yeah. As a reference, as a metaphor, not real. 
Not real. Yeah, no, no. Please don't strap bombs to your chest and or put bullets to people's heads. Right. Okay. So ultimately, uh, Harvey is going to challenge this guy to play poker for the company. Which is weird. It, it was but a little weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. I'm sorry. It just is. Because um, this is a lot of money. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The company was lost at a poker table. So it's not out of the ordinary to try to win it back, I guess. Like, it feels like that's along the lines of how you got it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's several options here. Harvey could just move forward with the with the lawsuit, right? And they will lose. Um, or Harvey can um, give them the money back plus the $500,000 that he initially tried to settle with, which is fine again. But then he could play, the, play them for it. And Harvey is so confident in his own abilities that he knows that yeah, if you call me on this, I'm going to beat you because that's what Harvey does. He he wins. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's all he knows how to do. Yeah, they didn't really establish Thomas as like this like poker pro who is like, uh, so it's kind of a like things are going pretty well for Tommy. I guess he feels like that. Okay, Harvey's serious about that. They're going to trash the company and maybe this is the only way he feels like he can get the company clean to beat Harvey in poker. But we end up seeing one hand of this game where Harvey basically starts talking about how, you know, your ex-wife told me uh, you're not a self-made man. <laughs> Harvey calling someone's wife feels like it's below the belt, you know? Yeah. Your um, wife told me, your ex-wife said you're a real Nepo baby that doesn't know anything. Yeah, get another piece of pie for your wife, mm -hmm. or whatever the lyrics are. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Harvey says your ex-wife uh, says that she left him uh, and, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder because everything he got came from his daddy. And so, of course, now this guy is kind of like feeling inferior. Harvey's poking at him because he wants him to call well, him. He's poker. trying to rattle those men. Yeah. Yeah, he's poker at him. Mm -hmm. And so... And so he just wants this guy to be rattled so that he can take advantage of him on the poker table. And he basically does. Yeah, he's like, look at my hand. I had nothing. And you folded after I went all in. Idiot. And so then we get sort of uh, yada yada. It only took 20 minutes to clean him out. Jessica says to him at the end of the episode, she's like, uh, you, you're on tilt, Harvey. You didn't know anything. He could have been Phil Ivey. Yeah, you're out of control. But Harvey's like, but he wasn't. And I knew he wasn't. And I beat him. And so that's all that matters. Uh, but Jessica's mad. I think really a lot of people are starting to look at Harvey as, without Donna, are you okay? You know, like, you lost Donna. You're being very reckless. I honestly don't think this is too far outside of the realm of Harvey. But I think these people know him a lot better than we do. And they know that these are not great... Um, like signs for somebody who you think is a healthy, well-adjusted human being, you know, gambling a $30 million, you know, company with a $500,000, you know, uh, built in, you know, additional cash asset, uh, at a poker table that you don't even own. Like, yeah. right. This man doesn't I mean, even own this. At the end of the day, Chappelle, like it wasn't Harvey's company to begin with. Like, right. Right. So this man is moving kind of reckless. I don't know. Maybe like it. there was like some billings for Pearson Hardman from this $30 million company, but you know, I, I don't yeah. know, I know exactly what the stakes were for Harvey other than this guy was going to be super pissed, but let's start to like fold Lewis into this, uh, not to bring poker references into it. Uh, but you know, cause Harvey's going to have a big confrontation with Lewis at the end of the episode, but Lewis 
he has some business going on here that Lewis, he not only loves the theater, he also loves the ballet. We see that Lewis is there. He spots Rachel, who also loves the ballet. Lewis happens to have an extra seat in the third row. He gets Rachel to sit with him, and they're really bonding over their shared love of the ballet. Which is cool. This is the second time we've seen somebody who normally wouldn't be talking to Lewis Lit really bonding with him. We saw that with Mike already, and now we see that with Rachel. I do think it's kind of funny that uh, these Pearson Hartman people just keep bumping into each other mm-hmm. like in after hours in random spots. Uh, but uh, here, the two of them are both obviously very much appreciative of this culture, uh, and they see that uh, I guess this uh, ballet guy is Sergey Baskov. Yeah, Sergey's upset with some of the things that are happening at the ballet. And so he's like re- like yelling at someone. And Lewis goes to step in until he's shocked to see that it's Sergey. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, that's I'm like, oh, yeah, they really appreciate this guy. Yeah, there's some issue here with the practice facility for what's going on with the ballet. Sergey Baskov was talking about somebody had gotten injured there. And Lewis is like, okay, we can't stand for that. Well, like, here, here's my card. Uh, that even though Sergey even mispronounces Lewis's last name, Lewis doesn't even care. He is going to start to work on this assignment. They go back to the office. We get poor Harold involved uh, with this, and he's screwing it up so badly. Lewis has to relieve him from working on this assignment to bring in Rachel. Harold's annoying Lewis a lot because Lewis is using some ballet terms that Harold would not know, you know, he just doesn't know because it's Harold. Uh, and it really is not any legal terms. Like basically Harold's not doing anything wrong. It's just that this is so important to Lewis and it's very niche uh, as far as Lewis is concerned in the office. And so uh, he needs somebody like Rachel who gets it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if this man says something about attitudes, you need to know that it's a pose and not, you know, someone's actual demeanor. And that's not something that Harold gets. And so, yeah, now Rachel's kind of acting like an associate in this role. And I can tell that she's very proud of herself because we know she just recently went and took the LSAT. Yeah, she's proud of herself. Lewis tells Harold, like, hey, if you want to be successful here, take ballet. It gives you discipline and grace. Yeah, he's not wrong. Rob, you ever take uh, ballet? No. Mm-hmm. Do I seem like I would be light on my feet, Chappelle? got a lot of discipline and a lot of grace i don't know i, was I would in, say I, was, I do have a fair amount of discipline you know i show up and do my work every single day so i mean that's mm-hmm. that's good discipline but i would say on the hour to hour i don't have a uh, great time management look it embodies our emotions it's breathtaking and it's beauty and most importantly it expresses what cannot be put into words and so you're a guy who uses the words a lot so i'm not shocked that you have not taken ballet but i don't think it slows you down at all you you seem pretty graceful to me thank you Chappelle. i appreciate that Mm -hmm. and rachel she's thrust into this role doing associate work she's having the best time mike is seeing her doing this work uh there's a little bit of a rekindling there after you know it had been uh kind of just uh, a little bit of a freeze on the Rachel and the mic, but there's a little bit of a thaw going on. Yeah. Um, this is Rachel at her best. You know, she's up doing like all night doing this work for Lewis and Mike kind of can see that she's stepping into her own. You know, she's uh, feeling a lot more confident. This is not the Rachel we saw sobbing behind this man a couple episodes ago. Um, And so she ends up delivering this information to Lewis that you would think would make it uh, the case pretty straightforward. But uh, it turns out that 
the director has been pocketing the money that was meant for these renovations for this rehearsal space. So the owner of the space, who hasn't even been receiving the money, threatens to finally evict them. And so now Lewis and Rachel both realize that uh, Sergey is keeping this money and he's the problem. And so while they were approaching this case in one direction, they have to switch and go in a different area. Yeah. And Lewis, that he has to come to terms with his hero, Sergey, is uh, not such a good guy. And so they confront him and Lewis is going to get his ass removed from the board. It was the move, right? Mm -hmm. It was the move. Um, he reworks the ballet budget and fires the director. Uh, and then he was able to use the extra money to help renovate the rehearsal space. Yeah. Okay. So, um, meanwhile, though, when Rachel was uh, getting these notes from Lewis uh, that she ends up leaving the dictaphone out and Mike... You know, you would think that after he got in trouble already for watching the Lewis security camera footage, wouldn't be so quick to say, hey, let's listen to what else is on Lewis's dictaphone. But he starts going through it and uh, goes through and uh, hears a bunch of Lewis's notes to self. He has a goal to perfect the British accent, uh, which that Mike, I think, probably can relate to that Jenny was also trying to perfect. Was it a British accent or an Australian accent that she was trying to do? It, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. uh, that's rude. I mean, there's probably like a subtle difference, but I can't tell. Yeah. Okay. Lewis is trying out catchphrases on the dictaphone. Uh, injunct this. Injunct these. Now, yeah, that's insane. Mm -hmm. uh, but... You got you just got lit up was the other one. Yeah, and that's I, good. I like that one. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. That could be a t-shirt. Um, and then that Mike finally comes across the evidence of okay, this is the exact moment. First off, Lewis's dictaphone underneath a paper, greatest piece of recording equipment Listen. in the world. Uh this is yeah. pristine audio from recording two guys 10 feet away, also queued up to the exact moment as a podcast professional, I am envious of Lewis's dictaphone and its recording prowess. Yes, uh, I knew that as someone who does a lot of audio work, you would be appreciative of this. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, and then the fact that he was able to get there so quickly, he he just like thumbed through it. This, this device, Rob, might be a game changer. I'm telling you, you might want to get one and see if you can start using it with uh, your own staff. Yeah, I have like a Zoom recorder, but it's not nearly as good as Lewis's dictaphone. No, 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 no. I think if you start to just start leaving notation of the different things that you need to be done and you start to record them and just start sending the audio files to your people, then your life would be a lot easier. Maybe we should get you a dictaphone for your birthday. Okay, I'm open to it. So... Okay. Ultimately, um, Mike will tell Harvey about all of this, about how Lewis was recording us. Harvey is not going to like that. Uh, ultimately, Harvey is going to confront Lewis, uh, who is going to ask him, hey, what the hell is that? And you would think that Lewis's prized possession, I think that he would be a little bit more concerned about it being, you know, uh, not in his possession for so long. Uh, but he sees it with Harvey. Harvey plays the recording back to him and says to him, Daniel Hardman is not the answer. He is not your friend. No. Because he knows that Lewis has taken this this audio to Daniel Hardman to make a play. You know, everybody's been saying it, or I guess we've been saying it for a couple episodes. That obviously, he's jockeying for position, right? He's trying to figure out who's in charge. 
so that he can put himself in position to be next in line. He wants to be able to be around when the power grab is made. Uh, and so Harvey's like, look, I know that's you, what you think you want, but you don't want to get in bed with Daniel Hardman. And so he corners Lewis and says, look, you owe me one because I'm not going to trip over this. I'm like, oh, God, you know, um, that's kind of scary because Harvey looked like he was going to assault him for a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so don't forget this, that I let this slide, Lewis. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lewis looks terrified, as mm -hmm. he should. Yeah. All right. And then the other thing that's going on in this story is uh, the battle between Judge Ella and Jessica, who uh, went to college together. Judge Ella is presiding over something relating to the whole Travis Tanner versus Harvey case. And so uh, Jessica goes to go visit her old friend, but her old friend uh, is uh, very upset about a prank that uh, Jessica pulled on uh, Judge Ella back in the day, where apparently... Let me see if I got this straight, Chappelle. Jessica took Ella out for drinks, got her drunk to the point that she was like passed out drunk. Jessica either convinced Ella or removed the clothing uh, from Ella, either convinced Je Ella to strip or removed Ella's clothing, put her in the classroom, butt ass naked, where there was like an important... Uh, day in the in, fr in front of the class in front of like a professor that was going to be helping with like assigning jobs. Um, I mean, yeah, in a way. So we know that there was a prank. They got she got her drunk, and then this woman woke up in front of their entire um, constitutional law class, and she was naked. Not that happened. in she her underwear. Up. No, completely, completely naked. Like Jessica, mm -hmm. you know, and look, I'm team Pearson, but she should go to jail. <laughs> like I'm, I'm team Judge Ella on this. Like this was too far. We don't know if Jessica made this woman strip or not. We just know that the woman woke up naked and Jessica was the one who got her drunk. We don't know what happened between mm -hmm. those things. And Jessica makes sure that she says it exactly like that. I got her drunk. She woke up naked in front of constitutional law. The other stuff is blurry. But mm -hmm. Jessica might be a sex offender. Yeah, she might be. And we see where Jessica's trying to like outmaneuver Judge Ella. She's donating to her campaign. And Judge Ella's like, well, I don't want your money. She's like, well, if you give it back, it might look a little sus. Mm-hmm. Because she needs Judge Ella to not make a big deal out of this Harvey thing. She doesn't want it to go public so fast, right? Mm -hmm. And Judge Ella's like, oh, wouldn't it be weird if, you know, somebody was publicly humiliated? I'd hate for that to happen to somebody. It's not like we know anybody who that's happened to. This is not Jessica's friend, to be clear. This lady uh, has been scorned by Jessica, and it's now time for her to get her revenge. Yeah, so ultimately, uh, you know, Jessica is... Not sorry <laughs> about this. No, not at all. Um, so she goes to Ella and she's like, look, what do you want from me? Right? Like, we've been out here sabotaging each other. What's what's going on? And Ella's like, listen, this was no joke. You didn't play a prank on me. What you did was you sabotaged me because me and you were up for the same exact job. Mm -hmm. And you knew that I believe it was the professor uh, who they were, you know, in the con law class, uh, that was the guy who was doing the interviews for the job that they both wanted. And so although Jessica's like, what? 
No, me, no, I didn't. Do that. It was a joke. Ella's like, all right, cut the crap. Mm-hmm. If you admit it, I'll leave you alone or I'll, I'll recuse myself from this because it's obviously a conflict of interest. Um, and so she's like, okay, fine. It was me. I did it. And honestly, I'd do it again, too, because I wanted the job. Like, Jessica's a badass. She got some teeth. Okay. Uh, but this was a fun episode. Uh, I don't know if there was uh, too much serious stuff going on. A little bit of like a, you know, uh, more of a vibes episode here than uh, the last episode, for sure. Chappelle, who gets the Liddy in this episode? Hmm. Uh, let's see. So it'd be hard not to give it to Harvey. Even though he's on tilt, he's uh, out there being like, uh, you know, he did get things done, but is a little bit just like all over the place. He won $3 million in a poker game. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a, he basically won a company uh, a company in a poker game. I, I think it's hard okay. to overlook. Uh, Rachel Rachel had a really good episode, too. Rachel did have a good um, episode. Uh, Lewis had a badass episode. He, no, he kind of no, he kind of got outflanked at the end. He got busted. He got outflanked at the end. Jessica got what she wanted, but we do now kind of see that Jessica no. kind of conniving. So not a Jessica win. Yeah. If we say that you could be a sex offender in the episode, you can't get the Liddy. That's fair. That's fair. And it's uh, ambiguous to say the least. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I'm looking at either Rachel or Harvey. I think Rachel's is cleaner. Yeah, Rachel's cleaner. She got to be the lawyer. You can't say that she was uh, doing anything that was like that off the beaten path in terms of like a procedure. So she got to be an associate and do like real law work. So I'd say give it to Rachel. And unlike when yeah, and unlike when Mike was working with Lewis, it doesn't end as poorly where Lewis hates his guts at the end of the episode. No, and this is good news for Rachel because uh, the other day we talked about our season two, episode four recap of Discovery and Donna had a bad episode on that episode, obviously. So did Harvey and Jessica and Lewis. And so the question was, we did a poll, who gets the Liddy as our MVP of that episode? And this is now another... Liddy for Rachel Zane. She won our poll. And so uh, Patty's going to make sure that we get that updated. Uh, thank God for Patty. Thank she God. checked in and was like, we got to make sure we get our poll in. And so our, our sheet will be updated soon with the new two Liddies for Rachel Zane. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, maybe we can do like a chart at the end of season two and check in with uh, where we're at. All right. We get feedback for every episode. Go to uh, suitspodcast.com slash feedback. A couple of poker questions that uh, we got. Nolan Lance wants to know, who would do the best in RHAP poker night? Chappelle, are you a poker guy? I'm not a poker guy. I'm not really a games guy. It's not my thing. It's not mm, like I'm not very competitive. Um if if I had to pick a player from RHAP, I would say Brian Scally. Scally um, is he, a poker player? I don't think so. But I think if Scally wanted to win, he's most likely to, to to figure out a way to win it. Yeah, you know, I feel like that we don't have a lot of poker people for all of the I know David Bloomberg, uh, of course, famously oh. big poker fan. Um, but I feel okay. like that for the rest of the crew, I feel like we don't have a ton of like people that like talk a lot about poker. I used to play like uh, back in the day a little bit, like probably really? around like the real poker craze, which was almost like 20 years ago. But I am mm. I am more of like, a, you know, I'm a conservative player. So like I'll sit Ooh, there. I know it's boring, but I, I, I'll sit there and then, you know, play the hands I'm supposed to, get out of the hands I'm not supposed to be in. Like, I, I almost very rarely, like, am pulling the Harvey and bluffing with, like, a really lousy hand. 
Yeah, people like you should not play poker. Y'all are boring. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to you at all because I'm, I'm a sure grinder. you're like, why is it with yeah. your money? Yeah. yeah. You're like, why, why is it with your money? I'm like a two hands in. I'm like, okay, let's just go all in because I'm tired. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, not me, but I'm telling you, if you give Scally a week, I think he's got it. Okay. I believe it. All right. Chappelle, uh, any other uh, comments or feedback uh, in regards to uh, season two, episode six? Uh, No, but the Facebook group is popping. I think we're having a great time. Someone said they found our uh, our page on the Reddit. Um, Yes. Welcome. Shout out to the Reddit. Yes. No, it was great. It was great. Uh, I believe it's Jamie Barton, associate Jamie Jamie Barton, found us on Suits Reddit. And so um, we've been getting a lot of feedback about the dictaphone. Uh, about some, some more more recent episodes. And then we've been getting some really great comments about the commentary for the show. And so, yeah, come join the community and suit yourself a Suits Binge Rewatch yeah. uh, Facebook group or go to suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Yeah, I am so thrilled to have uh, so many people coming along on this journey with us to talk through everything uh, going on in the world of Suits. So happy to have you here on board. We appreciate your feedback and your star ratings over at suitspodcast.com. Uh, Chappelle, anything else? Nope, that's it. Follow at SuitsPod on Twitter and then, uh, you know, join the conversation and keep following us to keep up with updates about the podcast. All right. So we will be back tomorrow to talk about Suits Season 2, Episode 7. Chappelle, where can people keep up with you? Uh, At SuitsPod on Twitter. (laughs) All right. And then uh, you can catch me. I'm at Rob Sestrino. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.